Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when the profile picture is a hexagon. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. And in today's episode... We are here, we're fresh, we dry cleaned the blazers, as Cole Weathers has suggested us to do. We didn't actually, but they don't need to be dry cleaned, because I only wear them for about one hour per week. Yep. So, uh, if you do the math, then I guess we've worn, we've had 37 hours of wear time for these jackets. That's pretty That's good. pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say I get my money's worth. I agree. I mean, $28 for 37 hours of wear time? That's less than a dollar per hour. That's pretty good. Yeah. Not many people could say that, I think. I I agree. Now, we wanted to start out this week talking about... I mean, we've never talked about them before, but we're... we're, It's NFTs. I'm sorry in advance for subjecting you you to this. We've avoided the topic, but would you like to introduce what we're talking about here, Noah? Sure. So we did say a laugh or two along the way, but we may have a few more this week because we are talking about NFTs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so yes, uh, we have avoided the subject up to this point, Mm. but uh, recently Twitter took a pretty bold step, I would say, and they have allowed people to set NFTs as their profile pictures. So not just you know the 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 picture but they can link their like open or whatever the other accounts are they can link it to their twitter account and they can actually put the nft and it'll show like that they actually own it own wow it. and so that was the big the big uh, the big news that uh came out of twitter and as you might imagine it was very quickly met with ridicule and scorn Yes. And anyone who jumped on that band bandwagon has been thoroughly spit roasted. Yeah. And honestly, you know, we don't like to pick sides here on dark mode. We we are very fair and balanced, but at the same time, <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, but they're dumb. I agree. Like I know we're supposed to be tech, and it's like, oh, wow, decentralization, blockchain, (laughs) boring. I don't care. It's dumb. It's a picture or a GIF. Oh, wow, cool. Never heard of those before since 1995. The thing, here's the the problem that I have with NFTs, because I understand the idea of, like, okay, people want to own stuff, and you can, you know, you can make the comparison to, like, actual, like, art. And I have, there's, that's a whole, that's another discussion we could have. But regardless, I get the idea of like people wanting Mm. to own things. The problem that I have with it is why does it need to be 
decentralized. First of all, it's not even that decentralized when you look at like OpenSea and I guess Rarible and like all these other companies that are doing it, but like OpenSea especially, they're like the big one, right? So however decentralized you want to say it is, yeah. you know, there are already these these larger companies that are consolidating power around it. And they're doing things. There was that whole thing, the one guy had the the ape, I guess it was a board ape NFT and it got stolen and he was like trying to get OpenSea to to delist the NFT, which is the exact opposite of what the decentralized thing stands for, right? But the point is, but like, why does it need to be decentralized? Like, do you not trust some central entity to prove that you own a picture of an ape? Like, where does, like, why do we need to, you know, there's all the environmental stuff and all of like the complications <laughs> and whatever to get the decentralized part. Why does it need to be decentralized? That That's my main question or my main issue with this. Yeah, I I mean, I get the, I get the point of cryptocurrency on right. a very vague right. level um but even that look here's the here's the thing they're like oh this is great because we don't you know it's not tied to the dollar or oh it's great because it's not you know a, a bank it's not backed by the u.s government or whatever it is but look it's it's kind of not that deep you know what i mean like okay when you look at bitcoin right bitcoin is the only arguably viable like cryptocurrency out there and it is its value is 100 percent based on the dollar i mean it's 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 like it's like purchasing something with a yeah. stock an extremely volatile stock that loses 50 percent of yeah. its value on a whim like and, and I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a hater. I personally own Bitcoin, but I own it like you would a stock as an investment and not a very certain one. I, I don't I don't really get why people are like, oh, I'm just going to have my Bitcoin wallet. It's like, oh, first of all, you're measuring that out to the, you know, thousandth percentile if you're going to have any sort of a transaction because, you know, one one bitcoin is a car yes. amount of money so it's not like it's not like it's even in denominations that would make sense to people and whenever you buy something with bitcoin it's tied to whatever the dollar value of it is on that day so like it, what's the point of decentralizing a currency if its entire value is based on the dollar it's pointless yeah i don't and like and and to be clear maybe there are more arguments you could make for cryptocurrency like because there's always the argument of like you know you know it's it's outside of the government and maybe in some parts of the world that is actually important around here true you know, arguable around here it's not because you have to report and it's taxable income right it's like you have to report crypto holding so it's like is it really doing much anyway yeah but like but to be clear when i was like the stuff i was saying before was more specifically to nfts because whatever you can say about you know the bitcoin or ethereum or whatever as a currency i feel like the nfts like you know the proving that you own 
a picture or that you own the rights to a picture. And like, you know what? I get it yeah. to a point, right? Because if you own, because like some, uh, you know, maybe some of those, like I think there's old, some of the old YouTube videos were auctioned off as NFTs or like, let's say songs are auctioned off as NFTs. Mm. And if you own that and you have like the rights to use that song in a commercial setting or the rights to, you know, post the song or whatever, like that's fine. I understand why in some cases you might want to own something. I don't understand why you want to own a picture of an ape that was created by an algorithm that looks identical to the other, however many thousands there are. That I don't understand. But to a point I can understand, but it's still, why does it have to be decentralized? Why isn't there someone that you could trust to prove that you own it because like when you connect your 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 uh your nft wallet or whatever it's called to twitter you know you're trusting OpenSea or whatever that company is and twitter to prove that you own the nft and yes you can yeah. go look at the blockchain if you really want and you can say like yeah you know here's the proof but like mm-hmm. why can't you just trust some some other company why do you need all of this like extra stuff going on just to say that you own a picture that's my thing exactly and like, so here, here's a comment, you know, the point of Bitcoin is one day to become a worldwide currency. That's great and all, except for the fact about everything about it. Because, <laughs> because like, okay, all right. How good is a currency when one unit of it is, as is pointed out here, worth more than a base model 2022 Toyota Avalon? So anything, like you're, what are you, do you, you're going to go into a store and you're going to see like a uh, w- sandwich 0.000235 bitcoin and that's that that sounds like a good plan to you <laughs> like i get that it doesn't matter on digital currencies but like if you're talking about a global currency first of all humongous barrier to cross because that means replacing all global currencies and also then, I mean, that would probably, even in doing that, it would financially ruin so many people, probably, because Bitcoin, the value that comes from it is in its volatility, right? If you bought one Bitcoin in 2011, which I almost did, but I was in middle school and I looked at that and I saw, hmm, that was $130. That's, that's a bit much. I'm not going to buy this. And of course, now I want to kill myself because <laughs> yeah. I would have had like 60 grand if I sold it last year. But like, that's the whole point of it. Like people buy it because they want to make money. Let's not make it that more complicated than it is. Like it's a stock, but it has a higher growth potential. Yeah. I, I really genuinely do not think that any cryptocurrency is going to replace any currency in any of our lifetimes. I know that's maybe bold, certainly if you're a, a you know a crypto fan, and that's I'm not trying to say that crypto is a bad idea, right? I own Bitcoin. I just think it's a little bit foolish to think that, you know, in a couple of years the world is going to be trading everything in Bitcoin. And sure, yeah, maybe you can use it for more stuff, but it's it's a volatile stock. That's what it is. Yeah, and even if people don't want it to be that and they want it to be, you know, a, the, the global currency, as long as some people are treating it like that, that's what's going to happen because it's going to get influenced and, and uh, you know, go up and down wild, wildly as it's been doing. And 
I wanted to respond to there were some some uh, some comments here um, from so let's see Casey said um, uh, you're just mad at the abuse not the technology kind of a fair point I guess but like also this technology is pretty rife for abuse we've already seen a lot of it happen and I guess that's kind of the problem when something Mm -hmm. is decentralized and uh, you know hard to prove uh, who owns what because basically you prove it by like you know having the wallet or the secret key or whatever but like this it's very easy like if you take someone's nft and you uh you know post it again you mint it again as a second nft you know you can look at the blockchain and say okay the other one came first that's the real one but it's very easy to scam people and and you know that's been happening or if someone tricks you and they take your nft which has also happened before you can't get it back because there's no one no one's gonna you know barge in on your account because it's decentralized that's the whole point so the abuse Mm -hmm. is sort of part of the technology built in yeah yeah and and as they were saying like literally go look at into the art purchasing culture and then you'll get it i don't know about that because like if if i buy a monet then it's there it can be authenticated it can be carbon dated it can be radioactivity you know radioactive half-life of carbon to tell you that it's there you can do paint analysis there's art forgeries maybe that's a fair point in terms of like abuse but like it's a little bit different when you're talking about something that is physical you can prove ownership of that like if i have a car i have a title to the car right if i have a picture of a car and no governing body to adjudicate whether it's mine or not I don't know. That seems risky, especially when you're tying a lot of money to it. And like, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are tying a lot of money to NFTs. And I mean, cryptocurrency, I don't think is one of those things, at least with like a lot of the large ones, that's just going to like evaporate overnight. You know, a lot of the criticism of Bitcoin is like, oh, well, what if it's worth zero? There's way too many people involved in Bitcoin for it to just evaporate overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, or even over like a year of time, like you, you'd be able to see that coming and it would probably represent that most people are losing interest in it. It's not just going to go away. NFTs though, I'm not sure. I think that's way more of a fad than other things. And then also um, Ecuador accepting Bitcoin as a legal tender. Like, okay, cool. But what happens when you bought a car let's say when bitcoin was you know one bitcoin is ten thousand dollars and you bought a ten thousand dollar car you pay your bitcoin you're like oh cool i got my car i use bitcoin as a currency what happens when a year later it's sixty four thousand dollars and your one bitcoin that you had could have bought you a sixty four thousand dollar car like if if inflation looked like a Bitcoin price graph, we would all be completely doomed because you'd be like, oh, wow, I have really good life savings. Oh, wait, they're all worthless. Like, it's just not really a good idea. I mean, I know someone, I can't name names, but someone who's um, not a close friend of mine who had used Bitcoin 
for for years and years and years just for small purchases with friends or whatever had kind of used it like paypal mm-hmm. and worked out that he is he had spent the equivalent of about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in bitcoin um had had gotten rid of that buying like skittles yeah so it's like i'm sorry but i can't get behind using something as a legal currency when the value of the thing you bought is going to change every day it i just i just don't get it i just don't get it yeah it's i feel like people will always be thinking like you know ooh, i should you know there's like the hodl thing or however you call it like i gotta hold on to this because it might yeah. be worth more or you know it could crash like i know there was kind of a crypto crash recently and it's it's yeah. it's so volatile and as long as people are treating it mm-hmm. like that you know like a stock like a yeah. volatile asset then I don't really see it happening. And I want to talk. Oh, boy. Okay. I knew I we got Sam I here. This is gonna happen. I knew Sam was going to come up because Sam Sam has an NFT profile picture. Yep. I want to hear I want to hear the justification. I really hope <laughs> I really hope he didn't spend too much money on it. <laughs> yeah, because I don't I don't know. People spend like thousands on NFTs. I, I just I don't I don't really understand it. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know. And I want to talk. There's been a lot of talk in the comments about the metaverse. So I feel like mm, I feel like that's kind that's of a good. That's a good. It's kind of tied into this. And and uh, the, yeah. so the, the first thing is, you know, the whole metaverse, um, you know, we can talk about. But someone said, I don't know where the comment was, but someone said something about, um, you know, in the metaverse, NFTs will prove uh, ownership of something. So if you if you're in the metaverse and you have an NFT of some asset in the metaverse, you know that's how you prove that you own that thing. And um, there was a really interesting thread on Twitter that sort of explained uh, that whole thing. And basically, you know, some NFT people have this idea of like, oh, if you own some NFT of let's say a hat, I think the example is a hat, then like all the different games that you play, you could use that hat in all of those games because it's like you own the hat. So just, you know, use it everywhere. And the problem with that is that every single game has to do a lot of work to implement that hat to work in their game. It's not just because you prove yeah, that you own it. Yeah, that's not how it works. I, exactly. Just because you can prove that you own it doesn't mean that you can use it automatically. And so then if, you know, the NFT is only good in one game or it's good <laughs> in one context, then why can't the developer or owner of that game or whatever, you know, be the centralized entity that that, that controls, you know, the items? Like how And also, if it's, okay, if you own an NFT metaverse hat Mm -hmm. then you're dependent on anyone who develops anything for the metaverse modeling texturing and lighting that Mm -hmm. hat exactly so like what if you own like that just doesn't make any sense that's just not how things work like oh my gosh that's just hilarious see i don't i feel like whenever people talk about the metaverse or nfts or even if we're honest cryptocurrency in the broad like global sense it's i'm sorry it's a fantasy that just like you're you're, you you have to completely suspend all disbelief of like the reality of technology like oh i own this nft shirt and now i can wear it in the metaverse okay well 
whoever develops the metaverse has to know that you own it and make it mm-hmm. and then put it in the code and everyone has to download it so they all have the model so they can render it on their own VR headsets. So they're all downloading that asset, but they just don't own it. Like it's it's the same as it's the same as a normal NFT at that point. At that point you're back to just right click save image. Yeah, cuz other people can other people can make hypothetically could make a hat that looks and functions exactly. It looks and functions in the same way, but it's not the original one. They can't prove that they oh. own it. But they can still use, and I guess the person that owns the real hat could, you know, report other people for making copies of the hat. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> it just gets more ridiculous every time. Like, okay, it's kind of it's kind of hilarious, actually, that, so the internet has been around now for about 28 years. Um, and we've now come full circle. Because before the internet, you had to buy everything in person. And then the internet came along and they were like, hey, you can buy real things online. And we were like, oh, cool. That's awesome. I don't have to move. And then it was like, hey, now you don't have to buy real things. You can buy digital things. And then we were like, oh, wow, that's pretty neat as well. And then they're like, mm, don't you hate how anyone can own digital things? Well, now you can own digital things that are only yours and, the, and, the, it, and now we can prove it. It's like the full circle to just like going to a store and buying something. Taking a picture and printing it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And I think part of it is it's like. I'll be clear and I'll say this, you know, someone, there was the comment before about the, you know, the art, uh, you know, buying and selling art um, industry or whatever the word is. Uh, I also think to an extent that it's a little bit silly. Like I understand at least when it's, you know, physical art, it's a physical thing and it's tied to, you know, an artist and it has a history often and whatever, whatever. I understand that. But like, you know, people who spend, you know, millions of dollars on on art pieces and i like i understand i understand why people do it and why you know they it has value to them it's not something that i would ever do and i think it's kind of the same with like nfts and the metaverse like i mm-hmm. will say as far as the metaverse is concerned you know people are spending more and more time online and online uh you know your your presence online is becoming more and more important relative to your presence, you know, in the real world. If you think about how many people have friends that they've met online um, or, you know, websites or things that they do or Discord servers or whatever that they do online uh, that, that don't happen in real life. I understand the shift towards being online. But if I mm-hmm. but if I see the metaverse as like a VR chat kind of thing where like people are standing around in avatars and like, you know, talking to each other or whatever, that's not something that I could ever see myself participating in personally. Yeah. So. And look, here's the, here's the situation. My dad recently learned two-finger scrolling on the Mac. Mm-hmm. There is quite a leap from learning about two-finger scrolling to a digital world where everyone has a a digital like double life 
like realistically there is only so many people at least that are alive now and i would even argue for the extremely foreseeable future that are gonna have any interest let alone ability to participate in something like that yeah i mean probably 50 percent of the population over 40 years old uses the little scroll bar on the right side of the screen and doesn't even know about multiple desktops on their MacBook. Like, there's no, they don't care. Yeah, about yeah. the metaverse. Yeah, and the way the way I see it, and this was another Twitter thread that I read a little while ago. You know, and kind of like I said, pointing out, you know, things have been moving more online, and people, you know, you have sort of an online life, and you know, the games you play, and the people that you talk to, and and uh, you know, things that exist you know, on the internet or on computers that don't really exist in real life. Even like the apps, like, you know, I build some apps and that uh, to an extent exists, you know, online. They're apps that are in the app store. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I talk to people, uh, you know, they give me feedback and comments and whatever, people that I don't know in real life, but just people who find the app and and whatever. And you could argue that to an extent, it's kind of, you know, it's a fully online uh, thing. There's nothing physical or tangible going on there. And that's existed for a long time. And I think we're trending towards that being more and more common. But like the metaverse that I see people talking about uh, with like, you know, with the NFTs kind of stuff and like, you know, the 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 second life, it exists to an extent in video games. But like as far as a full shift. The ready player one. Yeah, exactly. As far as a full shift like that, I don't see it happening soon and and if it did i i I don't know how interested i would be in it necessarily i have to say i think if there is one take on a metaverse that i i think has some amount of promise it would be apples and i know oh yeah the apple guy thinks apple's gonna do it right uh whoa it's so surprising okay fair enough i'll take the punches but here's the thing i like mark zuckerberg I think he's a slime ball. I mean, like the guy the guy started a social network in college because he wanted to like didn't he want to like creep on girls? Wasn't wasn't part of it like to have an online place to like connect with people and like hook up? The first well the original thing was um match it was like it would put up two pictures of uh of like college girls like like they took all the pictures from the college and they put up two pictures and you'd vote on which one was hotter that was the the original yeah thing so he started he started with that and then less than 20 years later he's destroying democracy <laughs> like can you imagine that in 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 20 in 20 years you go from like hey which of these girls is hotter to oh hey guess what i'm going to undermine the basic concept of reality itself how about that for fun so yeah i'm not a mark zuckerberg fan i don't like meta <laughs> and i i'm really sad about oculus now being meta quest oh, yeah that's mm. god what a terrible decision yeah. mm but here but but look apple has been i think pretty clear that they that they don't want to go for that route they don't want to go for 
the ultimate capitalist free for all put yourself in a different world and be bombarded with you know branded content 24/7 route mm-hmm. cuz realistically if facebook is involved it's because there's ad sales yeah and data that's what they want they don't they don't want to make like a new world they want to make a data world where they can have lots of data <laughs> yeah. so i i don't i just don't trust it i'm sorry um but when you're talking about Apple's approach, right, they've they've very clearly gone down the route of augmented reality instead of virtual reality. And I think that's a very big distinction. And I think well before Apple was involved in this at all, um, I tried the Microsoft HoloLens back in like 2015. That was like seven years ago, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And that was what always interested me i've not really had any interest in virtual reality i've never owned a vr headset i've never i didn't really enjoy vr games it makes me dizzy and it makes me feel yucky in in my tummy so i don't have any interest in that what i like is the idea of basically you're in your world and 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 you can use technology to digitally i don't know do some fun stuff now, obviously, there's still ways that virtual rea- or that augmented reality could become problematic and you know destroy the fabric of democracy and all that sort of stuff too. I'm sure there's plenty of people working very hard to figure out just how they can destroy as many people as possible with whatever technology is being invented. However, I think augmented reality has a lot more promise as like something that could be cool or useful. Like if I'm a tourist and I have my Apple glasses and it can pull Apple Maps data on landmarks and show me pop-ups with information about it. That's really cool, and I would like to do that. Or what about if you have your glasses that can also pull Maps data and show your walking directions on the road in front of you? Hello, that is extremely useful because then you can see literally where to go instead of like looking at a top-down map, looking at your Apple Watch, pulling out your iPhone. That's the kind of stuff that I can get behind because that's not like, oh, let's let's undermine reality. That's let's enhance it. Yeah, I I strongly agree because I for me personally, I really like to be outside. First of all, I love uh, I love to be outside, like sit outside as much as possible. If it's nice out, I sit outside and do my work instead of sitting inside go for bike rides, whatever. And I could definitely see, you know, augmented reality enhancing that a lot more than virtual reality. Because I've tried the virtual reality and it's Mm. been, you know, it's been a few years since I've tried it, but I tried the Oculus Rift. Um, I tried some VR games. I tried, they have like that virtual theater. If you're playing a game that's not a VR game, it makes like a virtual theater and then shows you the game, whatever. So I've tried that kind of stuff. Not really for me. Even video games. I really don't play video games that often. And so I can't see myself sitting down for some, you know, metaverse, like a like a VR chat, Sims style, whatever it's going to be kind of thing. I don't see myself doing that either. But like augmented reality, you know, like you said, you know, put up the maps uh, data in your peripheral vision, uh you know Mm. maybe notifications or whatever because i like my apple watch a lot and you know maybe move some of that into the glasses so it's just there i could see 
big potential for augmented reality. And that's why I'm excited for the Apple uh, headset that's been rumored because, um, you know, that's the yeah. direction they're going in. And apparently, I mean, that according to some sources, we're getting closer to a reveal of that. I think there was some reports suggesting it could be talked about this year. Uh, I think all the way back in like 2020, even people were kind of pointing to 2023 as a big year for that. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's interesting because it, it seemed really far off, but you know, three years is now down to one year. And now we're talking about like an imminent headset device. And the, the I think the really interesting thing is that we don't know a lot about it. I mean, we're so used to with Apple leaks, knowing a lot of stuff or hearing a lot of things, whether or not they, come true is a different matter but we're used to having a lot of information to go on but i i think it's it's probably because this is so new it's very very tightly kept Mm -hmm. whatever technology is being worked on here um and i i mean one thing that i think is worth noting is that it's a lot harder actually for there to be leaks about new products like an, an entirely new category if you go back to like 2014 we had been hearing Apple iWatch, right? That's what everyone mm-hmm. was calling it back in the day. But very, very little of what the Series 0 Apple Watch ended up being was released because Apple has a lot more control over a completely brand new product because, well, I mean, the main reason is they're likely going to be announcing it before they're shipping it that's a big difference because a lot of the leaks that we talk about here come through the supply chain Mm -hmm. so those are you know actual people not employed by apple so not under as tight uh constrictions that can physically look at products that's where a lot of the leaks come from that's why we hear a lot about hardware features and not as much about software features and and that's how we get that cycle but when you're talking about prototypes, it's a smaller batch. You're not talking about thousands of people or thousands of, um, you know, units being produced of them that you have to try to hide from people. You're talking about small batches. You don't even have the tooling in large quantities for it. And it's a lot easier to keep that on the DL. So we really have no idea what to expect for this this Apple AR headset. Yeah, that's a good point, because I know there were some uh, some renders out there. I don't know if they were based on any actual, like, information or if they were more just, like, imagining what it could look like. Do you, do you happen to know about that? Um, I have to find out, because I know... I think that... Um, Ian, who we actually had on the on the show a couple weeks ago, made a a render based on some sketch or icon or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure where that came from. Um, oh, what was it? And and yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because we really don't know. I I think that design here. Let me. I'll pull up this mac rumors tab over here like whatever it looks like i think it's probably likely that this is 
you know, th- this is essentially, whether it's a leak or not, taking the design aesthetic of a lot of Apple's ex- accessories, like the Apple Watch band, the AirPods Max, um, the cases, and all, all of those materials and styles, and it kind of combines this. So if we look at this up close, you can see a lot of familiar things. The buckle looks a lot like an Apple Watch Sport Loop. Mm-hmm. The... Um, the polished, the the radial polished metal, that's something that we've seen on Apple products for a, a long, long time. The mesh around the headset, very AirPods Max. The rounding on the device itself and the button that you can see along the top, that's that's AirPods Max right there. Um, so yeah, it, I think this is all very logical. Um, I, I, I again can't say for sure whether that was based on a leak or based on speculation oh gosh look at this image here Uh, that just looks like some ski goggles yeah yeah. so i mean you can kind of you can kind of visualize okay it looks like goggles and it's made by apple that's probably what it's going to look like um but i'm actually this is a rare case where the design isn't the thing that I'm most curious about. It's probably the software. Do you think... Now, Noah, from a developing perspective, actually, what does Apple need to do when this thing launches? Because obviously they can develop all their stuff. They can make it work with Apple Maps. They can make, you know, Siri pop up. They can make messages pop up in front of you or whatever. What do they need to do to let developers take advantage of this? That is a really good question. First of all, the thing that uh, kind of stands out to me with that initial, uh, the initial image combined with some of the um, the information that was below. So it seemed like that was more of a a, a headset, you know, cover the eyes. And yeah. I think the text said that they were going to do like AR glasses after they do this headset. So I'm kind of curious, you know, is the headset going to be more of a VR kind of thing or is it going to be, you know, transparent? didn't look like transparent glass maybe there's a camera involved i would isn't work i think it would be i i mean i think the fact that it was glass is i I think pretty likely it would be transparent or to be honest if it's something like that where it's covering your eyes like a visor type of Mm -hmm. thing i mean i guess that tells us two things number one it's not something that you're going to wear out and about because oh god a lot of social hurdles to yeah, cross to wear say. that in public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I think the glass, if I had to guess, there is technology that is currently being used in, um, Mercedes has them, I think they call it the magic sunroof, where it basically is capable of tinting itself. Mm-hmm. And and it can be it can be clear or it can be just barely translucent and still let a little bit of lighter shadows through. I would I would think that that's probably what that is. So it could be completely or mostly closed off, and then it probably could also be sort of like a one-way mirror where it's tinted looking in, but looking out, you can see stuff. That that makes sense. I could you know like you said you know not probably not something that you would wear outdoors you know or out in public i guess i should say yeah i don't i mean you know if you if you could if the product is built so that you could do it you could do it but people would uh 
you know, I, I definitely get some some looks from that. But then that kind of begs the question of like, you know, what is it going to do? Because if it's not, if mm. it's not, you know, when I think of AR, I think of, you know, like you said, walking around on the street and seeing maps or like information about buildings or someone brought up Pokemon Go. I like, I don't know if you remember the original Pokemon Go trailer that was like, you know, the Pokemon were like running around in the wild and someone would like grab the Pokeball and like throw it. And like that was because I'm a big, I've always been a big uh, Pokemon fan. And that was like so cool. And obviously, you know, the game isn't anything like that. And, you know, it's still a fun game, but it's nothing like that. Something like that could be really cool. But like these are all things that you do like outside, you know, projecting things on top of your vision. You know, if you don't have that, mm -hmm. maybe the first iteration will be more like a VR kind of headset. And then my question is, you know, what is it going to do exactly? Yeah, I feel like it could fall into some Apple Watch early days traps mm -hmm. where like minimal app support probably going to be outsourcing processing in some way. Um, like I, I, I would bet that they're probably going to put like an A16 Bionic or whatever in it. Uh, something with, I'm sure, plenty of horsepower. I don't know. Maybe they won't outsource processing, but it'll probably have to do some sort of data connection. Maybe they'll have like a Wi-Fi only version, and then it'll be tied to a phone or something. Um, I, I just think that there's less that you can do with a VR headset like that than what I think we all would want, which is essentially glasses. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that like the, the OG Google glass, which was way ahead of its time uh, in a bad way <laughs> in terms of like, it, it just didn't do enough because it was not technology was not powerful enough for yeah. that. Um, I mean, I think that's where it would be. Cause like you were saying, no, I think AR would be, I think that the promise with AR is that it makes going outside and doing stuff into a more enjoyable experience. You know, I, all these people, including big tech, are grappling with the issue of like increasingly sedentary and virtual lives. Facebook's solution to that is, hey, go all in yeah. <laughs> and let's let's live online day and night and go to like a virtual Walmart with the virtual shopping cart <laughs> yeah. come on that's that's like almost cartoonishly dystopian ar to me is more like hey let's let's embrace a digital and physical world working together and that is the stuff that excites me like when people say oh you could hang out with your friends in vr i go Eh, I have Discord and we play games together and then sometimes we hang out in person too. Mm -hmm. So I don't that doesn't really add anything to my life. But when you talk about like I could be at a museum wearing my glasses and interactive exhibits are popping up to tell me about stuff uh or maybe if if we're looking at like uh this is like just spitballing off the top of my head. Maybe I go to Italy and I go to look at some ancient Roman ruins and in AR, there's a reconstruction of what this temple to Juno looked like back in the day. That's really cool. Yeah. I would love that. That's awesome. 
that's the type of thing. Like when when you talk about, you know, hypothetical futures of VR, I'm kind of like, eh, okay, I guess. When you talk about applications of AR, that's what really excites me. That's why I think that's, you know, the way to go. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I strongly agree, especially for me personally. Like, um, uh, you know, like uh, if I want to talk to my friends, I usually use FaceTime, sometimes Discord, usually FaceTime. Um, personally, like after a few minutes, I'm kind of done with face. Like I love my friends and my family, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, sitting, looking at a screen and talking to someone, it just doesn't do nearly the same for me mm. as like something in person. And obviously, you know, having the I option agree. is better than not having it and being able to talk to people, you know, like talk to you on the other side of the country. I'd much rather be able to at do that. Making a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'd much rather be able to do that than like have no contact. But like if I had the option mm -hmm. to see you in person, I would much rather see you in person than, you know, exactly. online in any capacity. That's very true. I mean, there's a reason that we made this podcast sitting next to each other for seven months. Yeah. Like, remember when the first couple of episodes we did, we were in the same office but different rooms, and we were like, this is dumb. Let's just sit next to each other, one camera, two mm -hmm. mics. That is the ultimate dream. Yeah. When you look at some of the most successful podcasts, they are done in person. There's a reason that people want to do stuff in person. And in my opinion, virtual reality just doesn't do that. It's just like screen is is around my eyes instead of in my hand. It doesn't give me that experience. Um, and I agree with you about FaceTime. Like FaceTime is great for talking to people, you know, on a short thing. I hate huge long conversations on FaceTime. Mm -hmm. I, I try to minimize them. If I can talk to someone at per, in person, that is 100% my preferred means of doing so. Yeah. And I feel like with AR, I mean, I, AR, AR doesn't necessarily impact that a whole lot unless, okay, spitballing again, because, you know, AR gets my brain going. What if using the same technology that Apple uses right now to blur the background which is essentially you know using artificial intelligence machine learning to find where someone's outline is and essentially cut them out from the background instead of blurring the background on your phone screen what if they remove the background and then the person you're talking to is like floating in your periphery while you're walking around that's cool yeah. although i guess they couldn't see you because you're wearing it, so there's no camera pointed at you. So it's only a one-way face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't think that, like, talking to an avatar of you, which would, like, mimic your mouth movements or something, yeah. I get Like, that's just weird. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, like, hang out with my friends that way. That's w Maybe it would be fun, like, VR chat yeah. style fun, but I don't want to do that, like, all the time. I don't want a whole universe of that. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'll say, you know, I'm glad that we both agree on this. Not everyone has to agree, you know. If people want a metaverse this kind of thing sort of exists already in some video games. If people want that, they are welcome to, to, to go and do that. I'm not, I, I don't want to necessarily, and I, you know, not that we're doing that, but I don't want to necessarily, 
you know, say that that's like bad or wrong or anything, but just, you know, we both agree, you know, for us. And I think a lot of people would agree, you know, the, the in-person kind of stuff. And I guess AR doesn't necessarily impact the in-person stuff, but it also doesn't detract from it. Whereas, you know, maybe VR, maybe the metaverse would, you know, if you're moving everything online, maybe you moving some stuff out of, you know, being in person. I don't know. I just really... Now I really want to do that like ancient ruin thing. Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. Dude, see that's I mean that's what I'm talking about, right? Whenever I think about, oh, what could I do with AR? Obviously hypothetical, right? N nothing like this exists now. But that sounds really cool. That sounds like something that would be like imagine if you go to a tourist attraction like that and they maybe they hand out VR head uh, AR headsets there, you know, in a near future scenario where this isn't something ubiquitous. But I could also see, you know, if if we're talking about like a smartphone level revolution with with augmented reality, I don't I don't see smartphone replacement happening on the VR side, but maybe with advanced enough AR, that is one area where I could maybe see a replacement of smartphones maybe the only caveat being that the controlling of something that's on your face would be weird yeah that is something that would have to figure it out whether it's voice or gestures or buttons you know all of which by the way are extremely strange yeah. like given what our current like it's not weird to see someone tapping away on their phone, but if someone out there was was going like this, like, <laughs> yeah, like they're typing and they're like this, or they're like, like imagine scrolling through through Twitter. You're sitting on on the train and someone's just sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That would be disconcerting. So yeah, there, there would definitely have to be some revolution of intuitive controls maybe for now uh an iphone would control it i could see that being probably the least weird you know if you have the glasses on your face but it sort of acts like a carplay second screen where you're doing the stuff on your phone and the screen in front of you is like extending your phone for the time being, I think that would probably work well enough. So you wouldn't have to, like, control floating things. Yeah. <laughs> I I just, I think I think that's probably the only way to do it. And, and let's be honest, it's probably more accurate and easier to actually implement. Like, if I'm, if I'm working at Apple and I'm trying to develop AR goggles, if I can have a button on the phone that does it, and I, I'm just going to consider that a win-win because that's easy for me to implement and doesn't make the user look like a complete buffoon in public. So that is fine by me. Yeah. I think um, I could also see – so, like, think about the Apple Watch because that is sort mm. of the thing that this would be replacing uh, or maybe not replacing – I don't know if you would have both of them or not. That's a whole other discussion. But, like, that's kind of the other thing. You could make the, you know, you could have a discussion about could the Apple Watch control the thing. But I think more interesting, if you think about the Apple mm. Watch, you have the digital crown, you have the side button, and you do have a touch screen, but there's quite 
there's not a ton that you can do with the touchscreen that you can't do with the digital crown or the side button. Like, you know, scrolling through things, you can use the touchscreen to do that, but you can also use digital crown. So I think this is my uh, my prediction, is that there will be a digital crown on the side of whatever VR goggles Apple invents. That's my prediction. But like digital crown and a side button, maybe multiple buttons, I don't know. Maybe something for volume. I don't know how the volume would even work with that. Probably Bluetooth, I guess. I would imagine not. I would imagine very minimal yeah in terms of because so here's the thing here's here's my my take on it i don't think that audio is going to be a priority and i don't think that fitness is necessarily going to be a priority because i don't think that apple has an incentive to want to do either of those when they could just sell you airpods and an apple watch true what i could see is making them work well together like oh maybe maybe yeah maybe it does have a digital crown or maybe your apple watch digital crown controls your glasses Mm -hmm. so that you're not reaching up to your face you're just on your wrist and you can still see what it is in front of you that would be super nice actually maybe right that would be nice um same thing with audio like you would just plug in your airpods as usual and then it would just all sync and work together I think Apple, um, the, I, if the precedent to that would be the iPod. Apple, Apple basically killed their cash cow with the iPhone, right? The the iPod was, I mean, eventually it sort of converged with the twin launches of the iPod Touch and the iPhone 2G in the same year. And then eventually by 2010, no, 2012, I think, is when iPod sales started going down, iPhones came up, and, and the iPod basically just went into a death spiral. Now, it ended up obviously being fine for Apple, and they made the decision. They were like, okay, this is the iPhone is a replacement device for the iPod. You don't need both. But... With AR glasses, I think there's much more incentive to make this be an ecosystem situation mm-hmm. rather than a replacement situation. I don't think Apple wants to touch the iPhone with this. They, they This is not going to be replacing any iPhone functionality in the same way that the Apple Watch, while it has become more autonomous, doesn't completely do everything that an iphone does not by a long an ipod an i yeah yeah, an ipad same thing people are like oh they're gonna merge that with the mac (laughs) no because the thing is with apple they don't want you to choose they want you to pick both so this is this isn't you know the next revolution this is the next arrow in the quiver this is the next thing that you're gonna buy and then you're going to be on an iPhone upgrade cycle, a Mac upgrade si- cycle, an iPod upgrade cycle, an Apple Watch upgrade cycle, and an Apple Glass upgrade cycle. That's the goal. Make no mistake. You're definitely right about that. And because they know that we're going to, you know that if there's two options that we're going to pick both. Not everyone, but, but we exactly. definitely will pick both. Um, if they're not mutually exclusive, they're mutually inclusive, and and you'll buy both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I'm excited 
about I- i'm excited about ar as well um you know like the ar glasses idea because like i already wear glasses and um and right that it's easy for you yeah exactly like you know for some people you know you don't wear glasses and 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 then you're gonna start wearing glasses that's one thing i already wear glasses and i have um you know my vision is is not terrible but it's uh you know definitely i definitely need glasses in order to function but having like one of the one of the cool things about uh about vr i will say was when i was trying out the oculus rift and this was four plus years four or five years ago i don't know uh you know you can adjust the the lenses or something in there so i was able to take my glasses off put on the vr headset and adjust like the thing this the thing up here and then i could see everything clearly without my glasses on which was actually really cool Mm. because like you know maybe you take it for granted but like if I don't have the glasses on, everything's blurry, right? So that yeah, no, that's really so cool. It, it was it was it was genuinely kind of cool. But like, um, you know, for AR, you know, prescription AR glasses, and then you know, I already I'm already wearing the glasses. Let's put some some tech in them, and then I think uh, you know that would be that'd be really cool for me. I mean, that's I mean that's like the the dream, because if you're already wearing the glasses, then you're not changing anything about your look or your lifestyle. You're just adding functionality to something you already have, yeah. and th- yeah, that's that's that. I mean, for you, that's probably easy sale right there. Yeah, I will. I will say when the these Apple uh, whatever their their first AR thing is, I'd say there's probably a pretty strong chance that I will buy it. There's there there's a oh I'm definitely I know you're definitely I know you definitely will. I, there's a decent chance, and I'm not. I won't necessarily keep it because you know the Apple Watch I brought. I bought the original Apple Watch and decided to return it. Um, but like it was the new thing, and it was really cool, and I really wanted to try it out. So you know, I went for it, and I'll probably go for it again, whatever it is. And I'm not sure if I'll keep it or not, but I'm just really excited. I will say though, if I get a prescription model and that affects the return somehow, that might end up being a little bit of a of a question there. You know. But interesting. But we're you know, yeah that that will, I think and and I mean realistically we're probably a few years off from that because, I mean they still have to, it, it seems start with this headset before they're doing the glasses, right. so, we're I mean we're talking about stuff that's probably going to be several years off and I think for good reason because if you start with the headset you give people a chance to get used to it and more importantly. You can get data, you can get developers on board, you can start to build out a foundation that you're going to need if you're going to try to make something this popular. I mean, I think we are we are past the point where Apple can, on their own, create you know, a new category out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Apple was able to do that in the past... But I don't think that's really possible anymore because what makes the Apple ecosystem tick isn't necessarily the things that Apple makes specifically, but just the the things that you integrate with your life. It's the apps, the third-party stuff that you use on the App Store. Um, like, I guess, okay, I guess I do use Final Cut Pro and that is Apple made, so, you know, they get their point for that one. But it's not just you know, an Apple only creation that gets you to to buy something. And so increasingly in the past 10 years, we've seen 
if Apple is is going to invent a new product category, they have to make it so that there's a community of people that actually take advantage of it. They can't just do it themselves, release it, and have a smashing success on their hands. That's a good point. And I guess, you know, we're wrapping up here, but I'll say for my Apple Watch at least, I use mostly Apple uh, made uh, like Apple software, but I basically use the Apple mm. Watch for uh, fitness tracking, uh, general biometrics, you know, like heart rate, you know, it'll, you know, check the heart rate every so often and, you know, give you that data and uh, a couple of little things like setting timers or checking the weather. So that basic stuff. And, and I think, you know, that's great on a watch where it's a small screen, you're just glancing at things, whatever. But then, you know, when you move into basically anything else, you know, Mac, iPhone, iPad, and something that's literally right in front of your eyes, like, um, you know, that's where having more of the third party integration and, you know, you know, what can they do? I could imagine some really cool things, you know, some of the examples that you gave that third parties could do with Apple glasses and uh you know maybe not so much on a watch but definitely glasses i agree with you there i was i was about to say oh here we goes it finally has worked the only third party thing that i really use on my apple watch now that you mention it is my car has an app you can't really see that very well oh that's the wrong way oh well (laughs) it's going to be impossible for me to show you an apple watch screen but even this is like fairly useless because it, I mean, the only thing it does is it shows me um, my range uh, in, in the tank, the odometer reading of the car. I don't know why you need to see that all the time. And then, the, I mean, okay, I can see where it is on a map. So that's, I guess, useful, but I can't really do much with it because it's not very precise on the watch screen. So I'd have to pull out the phone yep. anyway. And then the only useful thing that I can do is I can check if the doors are locked and then I can also lock and unlock it remotely. So that is useful, but I don't know. You're, you're definitely, you're definitely right. I think, um, I guess with Apple glass, they could maybe do, it would probably be, you'd lean heavily on the Apple software for integration, but I feel like the Apple glass more so than the Apple Watch would need to have third-party support in order to be really useful. I agree with you there. And before we end, I do have a joke for you. So what do you think Apple Ooh. will call the operating system for their glasses? Glass OS. It's not a bad answer, but I was going to go with Watch OS. Oh no! Oh, that was terrible. I thought that was pretty funny. Come on, C O S. Come on, Watch O S. C O S. No, it's like you know, like Watch O S. You know. Yeah. No, I got the joke. Thank you. And it's you. like Watch. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I think that's good. Wow. I like that one. Oh God! All right. Well, we definitely got to end. All right. Because that was terrible. All right. I have been your... I I have regrettably been your host, Luke Miani. And I have been your uh, your host for the, the comedy show this evening, Noah Rubin. 
Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we will see you next week.